Praise the Lord. There's such liberty in this place. That's how you know Jesus is in this place. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Our world is not having liberty. Our world has bondage. In fact, one translation says regarding the kingdom of darkness, it's a tyranny. We don't live in a tyranny. We have a king, but he's not a tyrant. He's our loving, compassionate father. His name is Jesus, and he's the only living God. Hallelujah. Such an honor to be here. I give honor to your your leadership, great men of God, their families. I give honor to you and those that served so passionately and selflessly this week in what took place here. It's because of your giving, your service, your love for souls. So thank you for allowing your spirit to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28. Uh, Let's start in verse 10. Praise God. I'm so thankful to have my wife with me. She, uh, I've heard it said once, the husband is the head, but the wife is the neck that turns it. <laughs> amen. I felt a hearty amen there. So, amen. All right. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. It's very interesting because, uh, Jacob's dad, I'm sorry, Abraham's dad died in Haran. So there's some family history going on in Haran. Uh, His uncle's name, Abraham's uh, brother, was named Haran. He died prematurely. So this is a place that's not exactly got good memories attached to it. And he lighted upon a certain place, verse 11, and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. Verse 12, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And God repeats a promise that he's given to Jacob several times. And thy seed shall be as a, or to his family, thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Let's go to verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely... The Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Verse 17, last verse, and he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. I believe the Lord wants to continue to minister to our spirits, letting us know about the gate of heaven praise god let's pray one more time jesus we know you are in this place i loose your spirit of wisdom and revelation god 
that your people may have a greater perception, Lord, than what they are perceiving in this moment. In the name of Jesus, your presence is so sweet in this place. Let there be communion between our spirit and your spirit. Let there be communion between our minds and your mind. Let there be a communion between our will and your will. Subjected to you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's lift our hands one more time and embrace the presence of the Lord, which is so beautiful in this place. Thank you, Father. We honor you, Jesus. God, thank you for the openness of hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. As we already touched, Haran was a place that did not have good memories attached to it in family history. And Jacob arrives at this place, and the Bible says he took stones for pillows. If you can take stones for pillows, uh, you're either crazy or you're really tired. You ever sleep on a really bad hotel bed? And you just wake up in the morning feeling more tired than you did when you went to bed. Jacob had arrived to a place where there were stones for pillows. It doesn't matter what the rest of his bed looked like. That was a hard place. But the thing about walking with God is that when you have stones for pillows, God can give you rest in a rocky place. And not only can God give you rest in a rocky or hard place, He can give you revelation that you did not know beforehand. That's the amazing thing about walking with God. Is that in the extremities of life, God wants to give a revelation of who He is and His presence that is with us. But the thing is, we can become so circumstance attached so circumstance oriented that we can have the presence of God with us and not be able to perceive it. We can become so circumstance focused, so circumstance influenced, so circumstance oriented that the presence of God can go unnoticed. You ever be in, you have you ever been in a room and you somebody greeted the table where you were sitting they greeted everybody except you it doesn't feel good or perhaps there's attendance sheet being taken and your name wasn't announced i've my wife knows i love free things and coupons praise god just like the holy ghost is free uh <laughs> And when I, I don't want to miss out on what's being provided in the atmosphere. And Jacob said that this was the house of God and the gate of heaven when he was resting in a rocky place. He had a dream. And the dream was this. He saw a ladder set up upon the earth. It's very interesting where he saw this ladder begin. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. This is so interesting to me because in John chapter 1, Jesus said that you shall see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. 
Why does he use the language of son of man? He's hinting that if in his body, angels would ascend and descend, in the body of Christ, there would be access to heavenly places from the earth. That's why the book of Ephesians says that we are seated in heavenly places. See, why you think you're seated in darkness and seated in suffering and seated in trial and tribulation, God has a different perspective about your seating place. He's got a perspective of you being seated in heavenly places. Pastor Wright, which one came first, ascending or descending? ascending oftentimes we want God to descend to where we are before ascending to where he is thank you brother Isaac and the difference between God coming to down to where we are and us going up to where he is in our perspective in our faith in our attitude is that when somebody tells you something, it's not as sufficient as when they show you something. And in the kingdom of God, God doesn't just want to speak to us. He wants to show us. God's got a show and tell that he's waiting for his children to show up to because you get a lot more revelation when you see something, not just when you hear something. See, this is why John said regarding Jesus, that which we have seen, I'm sorry, that which we have heard, that which we have seen, and that which we have handled, the word of life. See, one of the first levels of revelation is hearing the word of God. But I know about as much of you are about to get a revelation and understanding about what happens when you hear the word of God. God starts bringing visions or pictures to your mind. It's the same pattern and process that the disciples had with Jesus. They heard the word of life. But he also showed himself as the word of life. And when we have a hearing and a seeing of the word of life. God wants us to handle the word of life. How do you handle something that you hear? And how do you handle something that you can just see? You handle it by agreeing with it and speaking according to it. See, the Bible has 14 things. I I like to call them 14 elements of faith. You can do a Bible study in the Bible, and throughout the New Testament, you could look up the words of faith. There are 14 different elements. I can't, I don't think I can quote them all in this moment, but the righteousness of faith, the law of faith, the door of faith, the hearing of faith, the word of faith, the spirit of faith, the prayer of faith, the gift of faith, the righteousness of faith. I don't know who's counting. I'm not. But there are 14 different elements of faith. And you can actually pair those 14 elements into seven groups. Seven being the number of perfection or completion. Two being the number of agreement. And so if you get that, faith reveals to us that it's the perfect agreement between us and God. And so when you agree with what you hear of the word of life, God wants to bring you to the dimension and process of 
seeing the word of life and with when you agree with what you see in the spirit God wants you to speak according to what you see so that you can handle and then you have the entire fulfillment of the promise of God in your life. This is how God works. And Jacob was seeing something happen in the spirit. We've got to go up to where God is if we want a better understanding and revelation of what he wants to show us. He saw a ladder going up into heaven. And it's so interesting. Jesus said that it was by him and through him that angels ascended and descended. And if that was possible in the earthly body of Christ, it's possible through the spiritual body of Christ. He said this was the house of God, which we know in the New Testament, Paul said that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that word temple is tabernacle or dwelling place in the Greek. And so if Jacob saw a ladder and Jesus said it was upon him, God's got a gate of heaven established in the church. Why do you think Satan has gates of hell? Jesus, see, he can't think, uh, Satan can't think of anything original. He's like the person always trying to cheat off your exam. I don't know how many times somebody cheated off of my exam. But he's always trying to copy what God does because he can't create in his own power. And so he's got gates because God's got gates. And Jesus said that against the gates of hell, I'm sorry, with the gates of hell, it would not prevail against the church. Now what do gates do? They keep things in and they keep things out. But because as the church, see this is why Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, O ye gates and be lift up you everlasting doors and what the king of glory shall come in shall come in where see jacob he this was a place called luz the bible says in verse uh 20, 19 of genesis chapter 28 the place was called luz luz was it translates in the Hebrew to almond or almond tree. In our household, we like chocolate-covered almonds, praise God. But I'm not sure if there were chocolate-covered almonds that he saw this day, though. But Jacob said this place was already called almond tree. A thing about growing almonds and harvesting almonds is that almonds require hot summers and almonds require cold winters. It's the place of extreme experience. You got a really bad experience over here and a really good experience all at the same time. See, oftentimes because we see life's ups and downs, we don't think God is with us. But Jacob had a revelation that in this place of life's ups and downs, he said, this is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. 
This is so important for the church to understand, especially in these last days. In the same day, you can experience great loss. And in the same day, you can experience great victory. And God can be with us. And yes, and yet us lack the perception of it. But God is looking to access where you are in the place of life's extremities. See, almond trees have to be shaken to be harvested. And in a place of turbulence, God wants to give a harvest to his church. You think it's a turbulent time right now? God wants to give a harvest to this church. God wants to give a harvest to his church. While our world is going through turbulence and ups and downs, the church is going to say, God is with us. This is the gate of heaven, and I'm not going to settle for less and be a gate of hell. I'm going to be a gate for Jesus. See, Jacob renamed this place Bethel, which means house of God. We've got to have a renaming in our spirit when things get tough. And we have one praise report over here, but one prayer request over here. We've got to rename the place that the circumstances tries to name. We've got to rename the place that the devil wants to label. We've got to rename the place that the haters want to rename to something that does not edify the spirit. You either can have haters in the natural or haters in the spirit. But you can't let what they say define what God says. You've got to name the place where you are in your circumstances. This is where God dwells. He called that place the house of God. And you heard it already that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we get baptized in the Holy Ghost, God's spirit becomes joined and united with our human spirit. And so when Jesus was showing his disciples, these are the gates of hell. They were at Caesarea Philippi. There was a lot of false temples and false God to temples to false gods, a lot of false worship going on. And Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Because in the place where there's perversion, there's confusion, and it looks easy to give in to what's going on around you. We've got to have a true perception of who Jesus is. And the revelation of knowing who Jesus is makes you qualified to be a gate for heaven. See, I always thought, in the, according just to the book of Revelations, which is symbolic in some and literal in the other. I'm not telling you which is which. But we see the gates of heaven. They're beautiful. The new Jerusalem. But then in another chapter, it talks about in the book of Revelation, that that new Jerusalem, all of a sudden is the bride of Christ. And so God sees us as beautiful. As long as we're willing and open to be a gate for heaven and not a gate for hell. See, when we see our circumstances get so sour... And so difficult. 
and we start spewing negativity, division, a bad attitude, unbelief, doubt and uncertainty, because we're focusing on the circumstances and not on his presence. We allow ourselves as gates to be access points for Satan and not access points for Jesus. That's why you feel so much pressure come against you when circumstances are not favorable. Because you're feeling a pressure to change your identity from letting things out of the kingdom. Instead of letting things out from God's kingdom into the earth, letting things into God's kingdom from the kingdom of darkness. See, when we're his gates, he decides what comes in. And he decides what comes out. We don't make the shots or call the shots about what comes into our home and what comes out of our home. If our homes belong to Jesus, he decides what comes in and he decides what goes out. See, I know some of you have faced Satan setting up some gates of hell around your home in order for you to not be a gate of heaven. But we've got a promise from Jesus. See, we hear gates, and yes, gates are mostly defensive. But God's so amazing, he could use a donkey to be a prophet to a fallen prophet. And while Satan can't do much, God can use a gate to activate both offensive ministry in the spirit and defensive ministry in the spirit. What am I saying? You ever try to connect to a Wi-Fi hotspot and you get super slow internet on your computer? It's one of the most annoying things ever. It's so inconvenient because I have to wait 30 seconds for my web browser to load. But gates are access points for the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. See, what you allow into your home affects the church. See, we think it's backwards, mostly. Uh, But what we allow into our families, into our marriages, into our children's lives, into our homes, it affects the body of Christ. That's why you feel so much pressure to compromise regarding your marriage, regarding your children, regarding your homes, because Jesus knows that Satan knows, I'm sorry, that if it can change your identity from being a gate of heaven, he can infiltrate the church and make you a gate of hell. I know I'm speaking the truth right now. But, uh, hallelujah. In this place of the gates of hell, there was a temple of worship, there was a priest to worship, and there was a focus or a false god for worship. That's all achieved through you and me. I have the temple. I, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My soul is a priest unto God and not only a priest but a king. Revelations 1 and 6 says. I think it's verse 7 too. And Jesus is our focus of worship. And so while you go about this city, you're a gate for heaven. 
See, this week, I'll just be general, but we saw people feel what the Holy Ghost outside of the church building. Why? Because there were some young people who said, I don't want to be a gate of hell or carnality. I want to be a gate of heaven in order for God to have an access point through me to where I go and where I am. Talking about access points. Paul talked about in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. And in that context, he's emphasizing love. But he's giving us a hint that we can speak not only in the tongues of men that we don't know when we pray in the Holy Ghost. But we can speak in the tongues of angels. And Jacob's vision and Jesus' confirmation says that they have access. Angels have access points through you and I, through the both of us, through all of us, when we pray, when we praise, when we worship. Why do you think the adversary fights your praise and your worship so much? Why do you think he fights your discipline of prayer so much and your commitment to the assembling of the saints? Why do you think he fights that commitment together with the small groups and the home groups? Why do you feel like he fights the commitment for you to have a good attitude when you cooperate in ministry? Why do you think he why do you think he fights your commitment and the unity of the spirit? See, the scriptures does not talk about the spirit of unity. It talks about the unity of the spirit. Because if you're in the Holy Ghost, you'll be united. You can't be united without the Holy Ghost. And therefore, we cannot pray for the spirit of unity. We just got to pray for the Holy Ghost and we will be united. I know I'm in the book, but that's why the adversary fights you so much. Because he wants you to be a gate for him and not a gate for Jesus. There's a posture that comes with being the gate of heaven. Psalm 24 gives us the hint. Lift up. Lift up. Lift up. See? When we lift up our heads, we are lifting up our vision, lifting up our perspective See, that's why the vision that God has given you is greater than what your natural eye can perceive or see. That's why the ministry that God has attached to your life right now, I'm not talking about in the future. I'm talking about right now. It's greater than what your natural eye can see. And therefore, that's why you have to commit yourself to being a gate of heaven. And angels are looking to attach themselves to you because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the tongues of angels. Here we go. You know how angels get shortcuts to the throne room and commands from God? This is why when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you feel the manifestation of angels. Because they're coming to you for a shortcut to heaven in order to get commandments from God's throne room in order for them to know what to do in the spirit and know where to go in the spirit and know how to recon, know how to strategize, know how to strategize in the spirit. That's why we've got to pray without ceasing because we don't know what angel we're intersecting with in order to give them direction. 
See, we think that we only, we're, we just get directions from angels sometimes in the spirit. But we also, by the power of the Holy Ghost, give directions to angels. See, this is why it's so important that we never neglect the power of praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives us access to heavenly places. The Holy Ghost is a gate of heaven by which angels ascend and descend. See, they ascend by us being an access point of prayer and worship and praise, dedication and commitment. See, if angels see us as an access point, how much more do you think Satan sees us as an access point? See, sometimes they're... Angels have to rush to the throne room, just like it happened with the man who wrestled with Jacob. Praise God. They have to rush. They said, peace out, I got to go. Because angels, the sons of God, they gather in the throne room for some counsel. I don't live there all the time, so I don't know all they talk about, all right? So don't ask me. But when you submit, and I submit myself to the Holy Ghost, Jesus is giving counsel in the Spirit. See, this is what's one of the most amazing things about God. I mean, that is such an understatement. I'm sorry, Lord. But the Bible talks about, the Lord was speaking to Jeremiah and said, he talked about standing in his counsel. And that word counsel means to, I'm sorry, that word stand means to uh, come before as a servant. That's really the the word picture there. Uh, The Bible says that the Lord count, uh, he, his will is after his own counsel. He counsels after his own will. I'm sorry. Thanks for correcting me. He counsels after his own will, meaning he counsels with himself. I love how I heard one man of God put it. The love of God counsels with the power of God, and the power of God counsels with the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God counsels with the authority of God. But God counsels with himself. So what are we doing standing there? See, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, God is using our bodies to counsel with himself. Why do you think prayer is so important? It's so beautiful that God would allow us and our spirits and souls and bodies to be a vessel, a channel, a conduit for him to counsel with himself. This is why sometimes you don't understand the emotions that come upon you in prayer because they're not yours. That's why sometimes you don't understand the thoughts and the revelations that come to your spirit in prayer because they're not you counseling with yourself. It's God counseling with himself, and that's the way that God reveals to us things about his will. Because it just so happens to be in that moment, he's counseling regarding our lives, and we catch that. That's why praying without ceasing is so important. Because we're, in one moment, God's counseling with himself through us. In another moment, God's giving direction to an angel. and In another moment, God's building up our most holy faith. Man! 
That's what's so exciting about being a gate of heaven. But when you're a gate of hell, you just live in a tyranny. But that's not the will of God for the children of God. God wants us to walk in the miraculous. God wants us to walk in knowledge of his will. God doesn't want us to walk in ambiguity, but to walk in faith and certainty of his provision and power. The gate of heaven, it's got a pasture. We've got to look up. We can't look to this world. We can't look to this world. In fact, what you behold and what you look at, you will lust after. What you look at, you will lust after. That's why the psalmist said he wouldn't put anything evil before his eyes. And sometimes evil is having a negative report. And I don't want to put a negative report before my eyes because I'll start lusting after it. And before long, my spirit will get perverted and I'll start to speak according to, for, against the church what we hear in the news about our world. I know it's the truth, but this is what the spirit of this age is trying to do against the church. Uh, but I'm determined to be a gate of heaven and Satan can't stop me and no flesh is going to get in my way and no person is going to get in my way in a rocky place. God's going to give me rest and revelation and I'm going to pronounce about upon where I am. This is where God dwells and this is the gate of heaven. I'm fully convinced that if Jacob was not there by himself but with other people, he would have said these are the gates of heaven. I'm just fully convinced. Let me alone in my persuasion. But I'm fully convinced. Uh, coming to a close. Remember, when you walk amongst the extreme places of your life, we've got, we can only be a gate of hell or a gate of heaven. But the thing is, when your spirit is open to be a gate of heaven... What's amazing is that because we're his gate, he decides what comes out. So in the same day you can get peace, in the same day you can get a miracle, in the same week you can minister to somebody, in the same week God will give you love in your suffering, in the same week God will flow through you and God will flow in you and you don't have to be subject to the things of this world and the things of the kingdom of darkness. You don't have to give into it. This spirit of iniquity pushing against the church. I don't have time to get into all of it. But just like Jesus has his body, Satan has his body too. And what's coming for the apostolic church is to cut the head off of the adversary. And I'll tell you how God's going to do that. I'm just going to say this real quick. Brother Barnes, Prophet Barnes, gone to be with the Lord. He said he believed that in the kingdom of darkness, there were seven spirits that ruled the world in the kingdom of darkness. Where did he get that from? In Revelations, there's four times that we read about this, the, the seven spirits of God. And they're before the throne, and they go throughout the whole earth like burning lamps. You can break up, I've talked to Brother Mike about this, but you can break up this world into seven different regions. There does happen to be seven different continents. I don't think it's continents, but have yourself a ball studying that. 
Why do I say that? Because in the body, in the spine, there are seven vertebrae that connect the head to the body. It's called the cervical part of your spine. It connects the head to the body. Yeah. This is why it's so important for us to be in unity and in connection with Christ. Because while this is how we get connected to the head, it's all about obedience. There's the secret. It's all about obedience. The head commands, my hand just obeyed. Where did it travel through? The neck. All the commands of my brain are connected to my head, but it all travels through the neck. Obedience. But in the kingdom of darkness, the opposite of obedience is lawlessness, which is iniquity, doing my own thing, disobedience. And the spirit of iniquity is running rampant in this world, trying to connect people to the agenda of Satan, the commands of Satan. And it's all bearing fruit in this world by something called sin. And so today, if you want to detach yourself from the agenda of Satan and all the sin that you faced, God is calling you to obey his new birth. If there's, if you felt the pressure, let's stand, to cause your home become a gate of hell, God is challenging you to obey his spirit and let your home be a gate of heaven. And let me tell you something, one more thing about the spirit of iniquity. I believe in the Old Testament, Anak was a representation, a type of the spirit of iniquity. The thing about Anak was that it was believed he was the origin of all the giants. And the children of Lot, you could study this in Deuteronomy chapter 2. The children of Lot who had religious affiliation, they were hypocrites. They settled for Zoar. They settled for the Sodom of Gomorrah. That's what all that means. But hear me. The children of Lot were able to conquer giants, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 2, that were the same size as Anak and the same size the Zamzumims, the Emims and Zamzumims. They were the same size as Anak. But they were not the main event. Church, we're going to conquer continuously the spirit of iniquity. But that breaks the head and cuts the head off the body of the kingdom of darkness. But in you is fulfilled the body of Christ. Let's lift our hands. Jesus, thank you for your word and spirit. God, let us be in your sight a gate of heaven. If you want to come to the front, feel free because there's such liberty in this place. Ask yourself. Actually commit I want to be a gate of heaven. If you feel open and comfortable, come to the front. Commit to be a gate of heaven and not a gate of hell. Let God pour upon your openness His Spirit. Let God pour upon your home His provision. Let God pour upon your life. Come on, you're feeling pressure to close in. 
but God is inviting you to open up. When you open up, God's going to pour out miracles. God's going to pour out healings. God's going to pour out grace, mercy, peace. The question is, will you be a gate of heaven or a gate of hell? Jesus, be a gate of heaven. 